And we're starting in three, two, one. Hello, my friends. My name is Hawa Tankara. I am a junior here at Barnard College studying economics. And welcome to the Sweet Chats. So today's episode, I have the most magnificent Miss Annie. Annie, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's Thursday. It's yeah. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. We dropped the IM video. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. So you guys can check that out on Instagram and plug myself even before the podcast starts. But <laughs> let's start off with introducing you, Annie. Annie's a third year student here at Barnard College. She's studying urban studies with a sociology Mm-hmm. concentration concentration in sociology and econ yeah so you're double majoring yeah wow yeah and then an art history minor art history minor i don't uh, know if i put that no okay <laughs> so we, we're finding new things okay art history That's a, uh, i can't wait to talk about that why that combination mm-hmm. but i'm gonna ask you the question what are some common misconceptions people have of you upon meeting you i think that when people meet me and they follow me on Instagram and you know they know me like very surface level I think they think that I have everything together I'm really happy all the time I'm a very positive person and that like I know what I'm doing like and I just I know it like I just know what I'm doing mm-hmm. um and I think that's a popular misconception of me cuz I feel like if you would ask my closest friend um Elizabeth is her name I think if you would ask her like what is it about Annie Farrell that like you know that others don't i think she would say like oh annie's very sensitive and like is kind of a nice mess <laughs> nice mess okay. and that's exactly i mean that is what i feel about myself um just that you know i don't really have everything together i'm just kind of trekking through life and like figuring out as i go along yeah as we all are mm-hmm. cuz you are human <laughs> i mean people True. Forget, i'm not going to lie people and myself included, I am guilty of this. Can I check your Instagram? I'm like, oh, okay, Annie. <laughs> you're, you're a cheerleader. You're a great student. You're a beautiful human being. You have it all. And it's like you seem to forget that, hey, at the end of the day, you're human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are me incarnate. <laughs> if you want to get that deep about it. But okay, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Beautiful. And now on to my favorite question. The question about reflection. Thinking about where we've come from. Annie, walk me through your college decision process. Why did you choose Barnard to be your four-year institution? Yeah, so this is a funny story. Going into my senior year, so the summer before my senior year, I was really angry with myself somehow because, again, like I've said earlier, like everyone had this conception that I am a really good student and everything, but my grades actually weren't that great. And my ACT score sucked. And, like, I did a bunch of ACTs and SATs, and it just still sucked. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just clearly not smart. So I got really frustrated, and I was like, okay, I'm only going to apply to um, University of Missouri-Columbia, which is also known as Mizzou. Um, So I applied there, and I got in. It was a rolling decision. And it's a big university. It takes a lot of people. So I was like, great, okay, that's what I'm doing. And my mom went to Mizzou, and so did my dad. Um, and my mom went for undergrad, and she was, like, really excited. 
but she was saying that I should apply to other places. And I was like, I don't know, like, blah, blah, blah. And she had a client at the time who was a school counselor, and the client owed her money. So my mom drove me to Louisville, and we met with this college counselor so that she could, you know, pay my back, pay mm, my mom back. I okay, see. yeah, Trade off right there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she was the first person. She, like, just talked to me and whatever, and she immediately said, have you ever heard of Barnard College? And I said, no. <laughs> and she said, well, you go to an all-girls high school, and you're really about empowerment and, like, leadership, and it sounds like you want to get out of Missouri. And I had never thought that before. But as soon as she said it, I was like, yeah, I definitely do. And then I looked into Barnard College, and so I brought it back to the counselor at school. And I was, like, showing her that my interest in Barnard College, and she basically told me not to apply. <laughs> your counselor told you not to apply? Yeah. She was like, your grades aren't good enough, and your ACT score is really low. And we don't, like, we have one student there who's a senior, and, you know, I'm just concerned, like, maybe you should think about other schools. Like, um, she said, like, Bryn Mawr, and she was like, I'm even concerned about Bryn Mawr, but, like, maybe you could have a better chance of getting in there and I was like okay okay then I got more angry at her right right so then I was like well screw it like I'm gonna apply so <laughs> I'm snapping because as you should what is this yeah right so I applied to Barnard College and yeah my ACT was super low and in my interview so I, I ended up getting an interview which was awesome so the interviewer at Barnard College did bring up how low my test scores were and she was like look this is not an easy school. And she asked me some sort of question about it that I was basically, you know, turned over and I was like, I'm going to try. Like, I swear that I am a try hard and like, I will try and I want to be given the chance to try. So we talked about it and, you know, and then the interview went well. And then I like submitted so many supplements. I, <laughs> I submitted like me playing the piano and then like me like doing something else oh me cheerleading and then another video of me dancing and I was like dear god if they don't take me I've done everything I possibly could right so at that point I was like they're either taking me or they're not taking me so then I applied early decision and I heard back in December that I was accepted yay yeah so at the end of the day really I only was choosing between Mizzou and Barnard College so and I was I mean I didn't choose as soon as I got as soon as I knew about Barnard, I was like, yes. But yeah. it was kind of between two schools. Okay. So. No, that guidance that guidance counselor needs to stop. I think, <laughs> no, because think about it. One, Barnard is a, it looks at you holistically. It's not mm -hmm. just about your grade point average or your ACT, SAT scores. Mm -hmm. And they should know that as a professional. Also, your job is to guide students, not to right. dissuade the students. I know that there's a difference between someone saying, here's a reality check. That's different from saying you don't have the potential when they clearly know that you have the potential because of all the other aspects that you just mentioned, yeah. all the other things that you were doing to supplement yourself, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> People like that, man. Yeah, it was. it's frustrating, too, because I remember my first year at Barnard, I kept thinking to myself how many like awesome people I knew from home who would thrive in these kind of elite institutions, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but never were 
pushed to to get come get it you know yeah. <laughs> like they or, were just yeah and even if they wanted to they were just dissuaded they were like no full stop you can't do that right you say you're from missouri so like you know it's yeah. like the whole oh you won't make it big in this the city you right, know the city's right. a tough place to be right or just right. the fact of like that someone isn't pushing them outside of their comfort zone yeah was like a hard realization for me when i came yeah because you in order to learn and grow you have to be slightly uncomfortable if not more yeah and like yeah. i'm not saying like people should do what they want to do for sure for and sure. i support whatever people want to do i just wish that there would have been more push by let's say like the college counselors the guidance counselors to say like go get your dream like if you want that go get it right especially if you put the foot forward to say i want to do this right i think that's part of the art of the job which is to help and to supplement people who have the vision if i want to do something supplement me don't say i can't do it right right nurture me and help me figure out how i can because there's always a will where there's a will there's a way and if you have the will um that guidance counselor should have been anyways we're gonna go <laughs> it's like a whole rant it's <laughs> like a whole another decision you know it's okay i think it's worth saying because you never know who's listening and yeah. if you have a guidance counselor like that if you are a high school student or let's say you're trying to go into college you're not a high school student whatever the case may be and you have some people telling you no it's not worth it no you can't do it and you know within you, you have the willpower to put in the effort to get in like what Annie did. Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop just because someone said, oh, your SAT scores ain't good enough. Da, da, da. Where there's a will, there's a way. If you won't get in here, at least you could say you tried your 110% to get in. Yeah. And you tried. Yeah. And that effort between point A and B, you've gone somewhere. You, you're further along than you were when you started. Yeah, for sure. Whatever that means to each person. But yeah, that's just something that happens unfortunately it's not just you because i can recall like three people off the top of my head who have similar stories to that yeah so yeah but we're here we're here we're on barnard we're, we did it we're three years in <laughs> we're and here we are in. what does that even mean when you first came on or is it like this is the school that my mom the person who was in debt to my mom was talking about yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah it's so funny i I toured Barnard once, um, and it was a quick tour, and I didn't stay in the city for too long. So when I got here, there was still so many surprises. Like, for some reason, my tour didn't go see a dorm room, so I hadn't seen the dorms until the first day I got here. And I remember being like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, it's like you either like the dorms or you don't. I feel like the quad is the quad. The quad is the quad. <laughs> yeah any horror stories from that or just things you i can actually from? still live there you oh. for res life okay. so well <laughs> quad is the quad <laughs> i'm gonna leave that there <laughs> like, i still live there i'm like you know i guess i guess i'll stop right there <laughs> no, he, let me guess he at the top floor or souls souls read souls seven read. okay mm -hmm. i wish i knew what that was i i never lived in the quad oh, yeah. yeah i commuted yeah. So I mean, I have friends who live. So I've been to Reed. I've been to, and then we that's, did a summer yeah, program. Yeah, that's Reed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did a summer program for five weeks. I dormed then, but other than that, it's a mystery to me to this day. Yeah. But you're still there, so I guess it's okay. It's okay. We're doing great. All right. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> that's, that's all we'll say. Anyone's on Barnard campus can relate to what we're talking about. Yeah. If you're not, I'm pretty sure your campus has a, a version of what the freshman dorms or the first year dorms look like, and. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have our uh, stories to tell for that. <laughs> but other than that, though, I would love to hear, because you mentioned it, and it's an interesting combination of what you decided to study. So we can start with the academic route first. Okay. Which is just, you did e you're doing econ, urban studies. No, wait, sorry. Urban studies, mm -hmm. concentration in sociology. Mm -hmm. 
with an econ major as well mm-hmm. and minoring in art history. <laughs> oh, I memorized that, guys. You got to snap because <laughs> I didn't really even good. look at my notes. Really I didn't good. even look at my notes. Come on. That was really good because it is super confusing. It's confusing, but it's also like I'm, I'm intrigued. Why? Why that? Why that combination? Yeah. So I got here and I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew it wasn't math or science. Um, and then somehow, <laughs> so I went to an urban studies class, um, and I just really loved it. And I think I loved it. This is kind of silly, but I think I loved it because they talked about St. Louis and they talked about how St. Louis was planned. And I lived in St. Louis in high school and like, you know, for the majority of my life, um, mainly at least near there. And it was just interesting to see that someone else was studying where I grew up and like was caring about some place that I cared about so deeply. Um, so I stayed in it. I took another class and then I was like, all right, this one's for me. Urban studies is for me. Uh, this also sounds not too good, but when I told my parents I was urban studies, uh, separately, they're divorced. So I told them separately and both of them kind of hesitated and they're like, you know, we're sending you to this really nice school like, what can you really do with urban studies that's going to make you that much money? Maybe you should think about something else as well. And by that time, I had already taken one econ class. So I was like, well, econ seems like it could work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it just seemed marketable at the time, I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's there. Hence why I went into econ. I will say I have struggled in econ and I have been frustrated along the journey, but I am grateful for what I have learned. So especially like teachers that I've been taught by, like Homa, love her. Um, Belinda Archibong, love her as well. Yeah, you're naming my favorite. I, <laughs> I have both of them right now. I'm like classic a sweet spot. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for econ. Um, it is not what I wanted to do, but I'm grateful for it. Uh, urban studies, love it. What I want to do eventually, it's going to be something. And then art history was my guilty pleasure. So it was a five course minor. I had already taken one course by the time freshman year was over. So I just thought, all right, I'm in it. It's going to be my minor. And then the sociology concentration of urban studies is because I'm really passionate about trying to make the world a better place okay. i guess especially trying to be an active anti-racist i need to i need to be that and sociology was how i was going to learn that okay you know sis i have to prod you be- well one because i've i've had a few podcast episodes that have been talking about race mm-hmm. specifically like the race studying abroad and race politics and all this craziness mm-hmm. but when you say anti-racist mm-hmm. what do you mean by that and then also, what's your positionality in that sphere of world that we're talking about? Um, when I say anti-racist, I mean someone that actively like fights to correct bias and racism incidents um, in themselves and in like you know other people. Like when they see things happen that are racist, like you got to put a stop to that. Right. It's not enough anymore. Well, it has never been enough, but you would think after all these years, more progress would have been made 
And since it's not, it's just, it's not enough to stand by and be like, oh, you know, I have my privilege and I need to check myself. No, it's like, I need to check myself and ask why I have these biases and then fix it. (laughs) Right. And then when I see it in my friends, like, I need to do the same thing. Right. I need to ask them why and like question and question myself and question anyone who holds, you know, racial biases and try to help me and other people, I guess, unpack that and say, like, why do we think this way? Yeah. Where is it stemming from? Right. Right. And then realize, like, that ain't it. No, I'm glad to hear it because a conversation that I had earlier, it was a Deneva and Doha episode. And Deneva was talking about how do we even combat just race and race issues related to campus, but also a broader scope. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, she said, in, and I quote this, I'm remembering because she said it with so much sass. I was like, I have to remember that. She was like, white people teach your fellow white people what it is or what it means to be racist. What what does it even mean? Like, why do we have these biases? How do we like, as, and I'm just reiterating what you're saying, but just it's different for me as a black woman going up to someone saying hey that was racist you know mm-hmm. there's effort there's like why do i why do i have to be the educator of someone and you shouldn't constantly? have to and it's you a shouldn't burden. have to it's a burden yeah so how do we level that playing field yeah Are you because i mean maybe they're more likely to listen to you at this point because i'm I, we, we tried we tried we years we've been here for years <laughs> doing the same thing and <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to like it's playful a little bit but but yeah these are hot topics these are so prevalent especially on our campus oh yeah Especially on our campus. I think any campus, honestly. And I, I wanted to mention, because I just came from a talk. It was the N-word in the classroom by Dr. Elizabeth Stroder Pryor. Richard Pryor's daughter. Richard Pryor was a comedian back in the 70s. Yeah. And she came in and she talked to us about how it's a pedagogy. The, the pedagogy around using the N-word and how in classrooms, professors have to take on that role of basically building a space for students to acknowledge that the n-word is a thing and it is and it has been used as almost like a shackle on black people post-slavery it wasn't because of slavery that you know the n-word became a huge thing it was in that emancipation process Mm -hmm. where they used it as now a derogatory terminology terminology to almost shackle them again it's like Mm -hmm. no you have to remember you are in that n-word you're like you're the n-word don't forget your state your status you're different from me because you're that and that just prompted me like literally it's funny you say it because it just it's in my head i just went i just came from that conversation like 30 minutes ago so things like that and how also conversations like um like in classes like teachers who use the n-word it's it's here i you know it's me in a sociology class being taught by an elderly white man and you know it's me trying to not be disrespectful but then at the same time when he says something that's so horrible and has so many different pasts and so many different connotations and it shouldn't it isn't his right to say that word it's me shooting my hand up saying sir (laughs) like you cannot say that word right (laughs) and it's but it's not only me it's lots of black students in class too yeah and it's me seeing them and saying like in my head like that's not fair like they shouldn't have to do that Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of what you were hitting at earlier is like the point of like being a white anti-racist is so that we don't keep placing the burden on black people other people of color 
anyone who's not white to explain why you shouldn't be a racist. Because we should all know not to be a racist by now. Like, come on. So it's taking, you know, the privilege that we already have and saying, like, recognize our privilege and, like, stop. And it's saying it to people who look like us, you know. Yeah. Because I don't want to keep placing that burden on someone who's not. Yeah. And I think, like, the question that comes up or questions maybe someone would have is, someone would have as if I'm not having that question. (laughs) I'm having the question. It's how do you walk that fine line of knowing when to step in or when to step out? Like in that situation where you were in in your classroom, you looked around, you're like, were there other black people who were going to raise their hand and be like, stop, professor? Or did you just automatically were like, no, professor, stop. You know, like that fine line between speaking up for someone who maybe may not have asked for speaking up versus knowing your time and knowing this is when I should speak up. Yeah. How are you walking that fine line because it is a fine line and i can imagine people thinking that like okay you know people have connotations with people who are like you're anti-racist huh Mm -hmm. really you know like very it's a it's a skepticism yeah and i i totally understand i mean like it's been however many years and like white people still have all the privilege in the world so i completely understand that and about the point of like you know maybe it's not my place to speak up that's a really fine line and I am trying to figure that out at the same time if it is what I think you know if it is like something that I want to call out like something racist happened and I want to call it out I you know fault on the side of I'm going to call it out um just because you know what if someone else doesn't yeah I wish I was articulate enough to be like but I'm gonna take it I'll take it because I remember one of your Instagram posts. This is not th- this is uh, the coronavirus post. Oh yeah, this is about yeah. like the tra- yeah, about like currently like we're what it's this is February thirteenth right now. Yeah, coronavirus is like big buzzword. Yeah, so it's on markets. It's on news. World, the world public health the public health officials are talking about it. Economists are talking about it. Everyone has their own say, and just mm-hmm. the stigmas of assuming that the Chinese person you're walking next to could have coronavirus. And you know what I'm finding parallels to that with. Ebola. Remember when Ebola yep. was a huge thing? It was like, yep. oh, these Africans, they're eating monkeys or some sh- I don't even know what. I was like, no, they were mating with monkeys. I forgot what the what the rumor was. It was like, are we Saiyans or something? If you guys get that Dragon Ball Z reference. Like, we're not made. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I found that very interesting how a virus comes up and is associated with a race or is associated with certain people. And I saw your post and you were like, don't mess with my people. Don't, <laughs> not people, like, don't mess with my, like, you should not have stigma towards like is that yeah you know what i'm trying to get at i'm like yeah. inarticulate right now but like you get no, the point. i know what you mean and i will say i purposely posted that and i purposely had said in the post like hey if i see anyone you know being racist towards like chinese people because of they have an association of coronavirus and chinese people like i will step on them with my cowboy boot yeah. and i purposely said cowboy boot because i wanted to call out white people because, again, like, I'm white and I'm going to step on your foot right. because I know white people, you people, me people, are <laughs> the ones who are, again, being the racist. This. Yeah. I was about to say cuss word. But. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped where you are. I stopped. You see that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> go ahead. Do it. Fuck it. The racist assholes. There we go. Yeah. Not that bad. And, like, you know, I. I got to take a step back here because, you know, I say like white people, but I'm also white. So I need to recognize 
you know, myself too. So I don't want to exclude myself from this. And it applies to anyone because mm-hmm. it's not just white people who are being racist or let's say prejudice. Since racists may have like a class association where people have like a whole complicated way of saying what a racist is, who is a racist, what can be a racist. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I may put an article up or something like that. <laughs> I've read it and I was like, yeah, y'all are just complicating this idea. But prejudice. Prejudice. OK. And that was a, not just it's not just you people. It's all people. Guys, do you not see the correlation? Because I was like, the moment they're like coronavirus Chinese, I was like, I remember Ebola when it was associated with Africans. Yeah. I remember that. Did you guys, did you guys forget that? And I'm pretty sure this is not, these two instances, these like very, you know, prevalent to today kind of instances are not the only ones where a sickness or a disease or anything was associated with certain races or certain peoples. And prejudice exists not just from whites to blacks or whites to Chinese or blacks. It's from blacks to Chinese. It's from Hispanics to blacks. It's from blacks to Africans. Those complexities, those nuances, those prejudices that we have, we want to use that word. It's crazy. And we're living in this society where everyone's like, kumbaya, we should be hand-holding, but then we have these untold issues that everyone is growing up with. Is like, okay, we don't talk to those people because they did that. We don't talk to these people because of this, this, and this. It's like, who made up all these rules about who you should be talking to or the stigmas and the stereotypes and all? I'm just, I'm ranting right now. Because that's how it kind of got me fired up. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, no, you go off. Go off. Go off. <laughs> I mean, I wish we had like a, maybe this whole, like we can have a whole series on this. And I would love to have people like reply to this because I'm pretty sure the conversation is, it doesn't, it's just, this is me prompting a conversation. I haven't even delved in. So if you're ready, guys, let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's just go into it. I would love to have a con- more conversations like this. But we're tapping in. We're just we're, we're surface level right now. We're mm-hmm. like scraping the surface of the bigger pictures, the mm-hmm. bigger ideas, and the bigger issues. Mm-hmm. So thank you for answering that honestly, because I was like, you know, I was like poking a little. I was like anti-racist. What do you mean by that, Danae? Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you for sure. All right, so we're gonna do a fun thing. It's a segment. It's called rapid fire questions. That's actually not the most creative thing in the world that I've ever said. But hey, bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. I think it's a cool, cool segment that I saw other, I've seen, I've heard in other podcasts and I was like, that's a cool thing to integrate into my podcast. So rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, short amount of time. You have like a few seconds to answer. I'm ready. And the first thing you think of, just answer it. Okay. I'm ready. Cool. 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 Alrighty. Rapid fire questions. Question number one. Favorite day of the week. Friday. Texting or talking? Talking. Nickname your parents used to call you. Bundle. Scale of 110. How good are you at keeping secrets? One being bad? Yeah, one being bad, ten being really good. One, one. I am a blabbermouth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you snore? No, I don't think so. Cake or pie? Ooh, pie. Do you ever post inspirational quotes on social media? Like me? I post them on my story. Favorite ice cream flavor? Strawberry. Say word in Spanish. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Favorite number? Three. Name a primate besides monkey and apes. Orangutan? I don't know. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't we tickle ourselves? I've tried so many times. And I can't do it. I think it's just because we're like acknowledging that we are doing it ourselves. So it's not fun. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's, I don't know. Whatever. Last two questions. What's the best age? 17. Virtue or sin? Oh... Well, I'd rather laugh with the sinners and die with the saints. That's a Billy Joel quote. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. And that's a wrap right there. Thank Woo! you so much for that segment. All righty.
So we're back on campus. We're back on we're campus. Here. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I'm like leading everyone through this entire journey. And as we were talking about earlier too, about the idea of what it means to be a college student who, and you said to yourself, the image of you, what do people perceive of Annie when they think of Annie? Cause you're very like, you know, like relatively speaking, I know you at least. I think that's the most important thing for me. I know who <laughs> you are. And there's the image of who you are when you portray yourself on the media. And then there's who you are as well, who you are. Mm-hmm. Where do you see that disconnect? Or in people's perceptions, as I'd like to say. Like, where is the disconnect in people's perceptions of you, of how they assume you are versus how you really are? Yeah, uh, this one's a toughie. I think it's because I do put on a face often. And I know that about myself. But I've also recognized that sometimes to help myself, I have to help others somehow. So kind of like being an RA, like sometimes I'll have a bad day. And to make myself feel better, I will put on a happy face, walk outside, go to the bathroom, see one or two residents, ask them about their day, make them smile, make them laugh, and then go back in my room and feel better. And I think that people don't see, you know, the inside of my room where I'm feeling bad. They just see, oh, she's in the bathroom. She's making us laugh. Like, she's at the water fountain. She's very smiley and positive. But they don't see the thing right before where I'm about to, you know, go crazy or have a meltdown or just feel really, really sad. And then I go out and, you know, put on this facade and then they see that happy face. And I think people like to see a happy face also. Of course. Yeah. Because that makes other, it's like a, you project onto people what you want for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're projecting happiness, I can see that that could then lead to you being happy. Because mm-hmm. you, I mean, you're, I think we have similar personality types, actually. Yeah. Because I'm also very much like, oh, hello, how you doing, sis? You know, like the the, yeah, the, the hug, vibe, you give the, the hug, hug every time. Oh, the hugs, that's for me mostly. But like, I love <laughs> hugging. <laughs> but like, people know me for my hugs. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? I was reading my, not to differ from what you said, we're going to get back to it, but like, sidebar, real quick. I was reading my high school uh, yearbook mm-hmm. and I was reading the notes people left me and like, hugs came out like 10 times. I was like, okay, I guess I was always a hugger. Mm-hmm. But yes, this whole thing about one, gaining happiness from see other seeing other people happiness that's like that's just altruistic in its nature so that's a good thing i think the moment when you feel when you're feeling bad if making other people make you, makes you feel happy then go for it yeah that's the most, that's the first thing and then secondly i think the fact that you acknowledge the fact that you are portraying yourself a specific way whether that be on social media whether that be in person how do we reconcile because do you think that people assuming that you're always happy go lucky and ready to go and I don't know what else to, you know what I'm trying to get mm-hmm, at though, but mm-hmm. do you think that hurts you in your, like, does that hurt your personality? Does that just like, well, how does that make you feel? I guess is what I'm coming, coming at. Like when, when people have a disassociation from who you are, they think they know you better than they, than, than they actually do. Yeah. I think it ends up just hurting me, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which sucks. I keep doing it. So I, I think perhaps it has its moments when it does hurt me, but I know at the end of the day, like my closest friends know who I am and I think I'm okay with that. And I also think that I keep doing it because you're right. Like I do like the altruism um, and I do, I like that aspect of myself. So there is a part of it that I like, but there's also part of it that hurts me. But I think maybe the part of it that I like is a little bit heavier than the part that hurts. 
the benefits outweigh the cost here. Yeah, um, econ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <sighs> they got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those econ majors. And I think that's an important factor because what we're getting at here is the fact that we're all human. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people forget that and they think, you know, you're the stable force who never has a bad day mm-hmm. or something like that. But as college students, you know dang well, everybody got a bad day. <laughs> everybody here has had a bad, if not That's more. True. That's true. Like, you know what I mean? So we can't forget that. We can't forget that on a human-to-human basis, we all go through something. Yeah. We're all going through something. We're all yeah. thinking about, we're juniors, we're thinking about our senior year. We're thinking about, where do I go from here? Like, we're not seniors, mm-hmm. so thank the Lord, because I wouldn't know what I'd be doing if I was a senior at this point in time. We're thinking, okay, well, so where do I go? You know, what, what right. I, my major's going forward now. Uh, what do I want to do with this major? Do I want to work? Or do I want to do this, this, this? Do I want to go into nonprofit, corporate America? We're thinking about that. We're thinking our own personal growth too. Yeah. Because academics and your career aspirations, they're stressful. Yeah. <laughs> but then we also have our own personal life. And I know you mentioned it earlier, So, and I got your consent to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You told me that you just recently came from a breakup. Yeah. And from that, you've been thinking about, well, who's Annie? Yeah. In disassociation with this other person, and who does Annie want to be? So can you talk a little bit more on that? Because I'm pretty sure that's something people can relate to. Yeah. If anything. Uh, I dated a guy for four years. Wow. So that was two years in high school and two years in college. And there was a time that I thought he was the one. So, you know, it was big, big thing when we broke up. It was something that we both needed. But then, you know, moving forward from that, was so much more difficult than I feel like anyone had explained to me before, you know. And I think I'm a strong person, so you are. thank you. <laughs> Having those bad days made me angry with myself until one day I realized, like, dude, you just need to have the bad days. You right. just need to live these. Right. So I I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, drawing in what you said earlier about finding like who's Annie like who's me I had real trouble with that because I'm really I really love music and I've just I've always really loved music and so many songs after or so many songs that I know and that I love reminded me of my ex and like moving forward from that I was like okay you know I need to figure out what's my own songs you know and what's what what do I like and like what do I want to do and my plans for the future like be selfish like what do I want you know so I made a list um and I still have the list and it's just a list of things that I like like I would like go through a day and realize like I like something and then I would like get home that night and just write it down on the list so some of it was really silly um (laughs) and like some of it was like you know being barefoot I love to be barefoot um I love to listen to live music I love sunflowers yeah, there was just things that I was discovering about myself that I don't think I would have if I was still in the relationship. And I'm so happy that I know these things now, you know? And I'm so happy that I'm learning to fall in love with myself, too. It sounds so yeah. cliche. It does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it does, but that's, that's, that's not wrong. Which I know no, what no. you're trying to get at. I it's know okay. what you're trying to get at, yeah. It's something so weird because I always thought I was so independent. I thought I was so strong. I thought I was so, like you know, go-getter. And I, I am all those things. 
but now I'm a different version of all those things and a version that's more true to who I am actually. You know, I'm not, I'm no longer dependent on anyone for like a smile at the end of the night. I'm dependent on like, oh, I'm going to dance around my room to this really good song that I like until I'm exhausted. And then I'm going to put on my PJs and go to bed because that's what I found out I like to do. So it's been interesting, the progression of finding myself and finding what I like. And I'm excited now that I'm more independent and I'm okay on my own. Oh, that's actually very beautiful. Like to to cl- like to clarify my input of saying that sounds so cliche. No, what I meant was you hear these things. Mm-hmm. This is advice you've heard in movies. You've heard this in older if you had older siblings, older relatives, older friends. They'll be like, "I really found myself after I, you know, was out of this relationship." But it's different when it's your turn. Yeah, I think people find that hard to believe. I mean, not hard to believe, but like it's hard to conceptualize. How would I be if you're not actually in that situation? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because I can like readily prepare myself. I'm like, I'm a strong woman. As you mentioned, I'm I'm on myself. I'm just like, yeah, I'm independent. I'm moving to the gym on my own beat. Yeah. But to get to that point, you have to go through those days where you're just like, I need to feel it. Yeah. I need to feel the pain. Yeah, exactly. I need to eat so many chocolates until I want to vomit. Like, yes. (laughs) You know, Chadbury chocolate? Chadbury fund me, please. (laughs) 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 If you're listening to this. Um, No, but exactly. And like I, I'm a I'm a fortune cookie as mm-hmm. I've been told <laughs> it's just things because I feel like what you're saying is so prevalent to not just when you come out of a relationship but also just when you are moving from year to year mm-hmm. when you are going from school to school mm-hmm. when you're any kind of change that's happening in your lifespan of time we should constantly be reevaluating what do I like make a list right what I don't like who am I separate from this person? Whether that be a significant other, whether that be your mom, your dad, your parents, your siblings. Who am, who's how I'm not in association with someone else? Someone's sister. I'm someone's daughter. I'm someone's cousin. No, I'm Hawa. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You're Annie. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something that is so important. Yeah. How do I define me before someone comes and defines me for me? Right, yeah. And that was what the I Am video was about, and you were part of it. And I think that's the message that I think is so important for this day and age. Where It's so easy to compare yourself to someone else. It's so easy so to come easy. up with, you know, some, an idea of who someone is. Yeah, social media. Social media. We, we, we all love blaming it, but we use it anyway, so we, we're perpetuating it. <laughs> I know. We're perpetuating the issue. But it's... it's... Hi. <laughs> Stay. <laughs> but no, we're perpetuating the issue, but it's... It's in these moments and what you just said, I think that we constantly have to be doing that though. Like don't let a, a tragic event or like not tragic event. Let me rephrase that. Like an event like as emotionally impactful prompt you to do it. I think if you do it constantly, when events like that happen, you're a, maybe you might be a little bit better off. Who knows? Yeah. Experiment. People out there, experiment for me. Start making lists that you like, <laughs> things that you like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You're things in a about yourself. You're not, do it see what happens let me know i would love to try that myself you know what i'm saying <laughs> maybe i'll make a li- I mean, you, you, you're like encouraging me to like make a i i it was one of the greatest things i've done yeah for myself and it's also like it's a it's your own form of journaling too yeah. you're gonna look back on that and be like oh when i was this age okay this is what i liked mm-hmm. this podcast is my form of journaling it's almost like a time capsule for all the guests who come on like five years from now you're gonna listen to this and be like okay that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. you may you never know what advice you're gonna need from yourself you're right. You're you right. never know. So that that's that's beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing that again. 
We're getting deep and personal here on the Eight Sweet Chats, and uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. But big messages, big messages. What does it mean to be human on a college campus? I might just title it that because I think people forget that we're not, we are students, but we're not machines. Right. Like they they want to make us machines because they want to make us, you know, sit there in a classroom, memorize facts and take exams all day. But <laughs> who are we outside of that? Yeah. Who are we outside of the researchers? Right. And I think that's an important question that we have to be considerate of and mindful of. And who are you? And this is me addressing the, the viewer. Be conscious of that. Be cognizant of that. Yeah. You did mention, though, that you have a song selection list. And I was like, oh, do you have any songs you want to recommend to the audiences? You know, like any recommendations, playlist options? Oh, my God, really? Go ahead. Okay, wait. Can I get my phone? Go ahead. Okay. We got to end it a positive. <laughs> like a, like a little <laughs> fun, lighthearted way of ending the podcast. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I was actually hoping you would ask me this for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that. Like, I cannot mention it now. Or I cannot ask. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Can I go? Go ahead. Okay. Kicking Back by Miko Marks. Buy My Own Drinks, Runaway June. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Yola. I do love the Elton John version, but you guys got to listen to this version. Man Done Wrong, Valerie June. Bluebird, Miranda Lambert. Summer, The Carters. Duh. <laughs> Up the Junction, Squeeze. Bob Dylan, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. That's a great way to come into conclusion mode. Woo! Don't Think Twice, Just Do It. Was that it? Was that it's all right. Oh, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> we'll just do it. That's Nike, right? Man, <laughs> Nike also sponsored me. What up? Come on now. I'll wear your shoes. Um, <laughs> I'm dragging it. I'm sorry. But no, I think that's an amazing list. Guys, check it out. It's Annie's playlist. That You can dance with your pajamas. You can dance without your pajamas. You do you. Whatever you want. Whatever you want to do, do that. But be in a single. Don't be in no double. <laughs> unless of course you know your your roommate loves to do the same thing then go ahead go wild go have crazy. a party <laughs> have a party a two people party i think that's a great party yeah honestly party starts with one <laughs> that's how i think i want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on to my podcast oh i feel so blessed that you asked me thank you i mean hey why not why wouldn't i ask you you're phenomenal you're amazing and you you like a spirit everyone's like a spirit but like you're like a bright spirit you know what i mean mm-hmm. like when i see you i'm like oh danny it's great like you literally and honestly you do like helping people because i can re- commend to this myself like my gen- the gender economics class you're like you need a textbook go ahead take it i bought it myself but you can use it and i'm like for free you sure <laughs> like you were so willing to help so i don't i want people to know like she is genuinely an amazing human being. And this is not just her saying, I like helping people. Like People can say that, but there's only so many few people who can actually show it with their actions. And actions speak louder than words. So I want to make sure that people know that you are a fantastic human being. And you are going so many places. The more you just keep crafting who you are. It's, it's going to be a beautiful masterpiece. You're going to have little edges and here and there, shards and things. But when we smooth out all those edges fantastic masterpiece wow thank you howard of course so kind i think the same of you you're gonna be amazing and you are amazing we try out here (laughs) we try yeah but no if anyone wants to contact you reach out have any questions about what you said we'd like to just chat with you yeah how can they reach out to you maybe your instagram maybe your email either one works um probably my instagram uh well actually my email because instagram i might not let you follow me if I don't actually know who you are. So don't worry about that. Let's do email 
Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L, Annie, A-N-N-I-E, eight, like the number, at gmail.com. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you yourself want to be a guest on the podcast, hit me up, email 8sweetchats at gmail.com, or you can follow along on Instagram at 8sweetchats, where I have updates, where I have videos coming out. The Instagram is great. Thank you. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on more colors, too, because I feel like purples have been, like, purples have been, like, the only colors. I mean, like, I'm trying to branch out and be more creative and artistic and monday mantras are coming out as well oh i'm excited yeah monday mantra start your week off right with a little bit of motivation that's yeah. that's a that's a cool way it's not a whole podcast it'll be like less than five minutes so you guys can check that out too um follow me at hp chats and thank you so much for listening i will talk to you guys later peace <laughs>